Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by It's Untamed Beauty. What is It's Untamed Beauty? It is a lifestyle. It is about sexuality, self-love, self-care, good vibes, energy cleansing. That is everything in one place. You got waist beads, crystals, sage, everything to just make positive stuff happen. So go to itsuntamedbeauty.com. Use Coco 10 to receive 10% off of your entire order. And I love my waist beads. I love being able to live in a positive space because I use my sage and crystals to, you know, manifest the things I want in my life. So go ahead, Coco 10, it's untamedbeauty.com. Hey, what's up, guys? This is your girl, Coco. And I want to welcome you to another episode of Kiki and with Coco. Um, If you are new to the show, let me just tell you a little bit about it. It's basically about life in general with an emphasis on relationships. I have my friends come on the show or guests that are experts in the topic of the uh, episode. And we just have a kiki session about whatever the topic is. And so today I have one of my homeboys on the show. His name is Dub Cito. Dub, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate you having me on. It's an honor. <laughs> um, since you introduced me as Dub Cito, I do go by Dub. Uh, even my mom's calls me that. But my real name is Antonio Oquindo. Um, living in Tokyo now, originally from Compton, California. Uh, and I'm just here to, you know, uh, chop it up with you and and, and share my perspectives on uh, whatever the conversation takes us. We've been knowing each other for a lot of years now. Uh, you and I go way back. You know, I think we met through a mutual friend. Yeah, uh, I think in like 2012. So it's, it's been a few. <laughs> Man, then we crossed paths for a hot second in Korea. Yeah. Um, lots, lots changed since then over the years. I've calmed down, set back, and, uh, you know, matured. Have you now? Have you now? Because <laughs> his house was definitely the turn up. Even on work nights. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because I, I used to put my life in shambles a lot, self-inflicted <laughs> because of those work nights. Uh, so I definitely moved away from that. Now the, the, the mid-30s got me seeing things more clear. More clear. <laughs> but so that is Dub, and we're going to go ahead and roll into the drink with cocoa this week and so this was actually a recommendation by dub and it is called a mexican mule so if you've had a moscow mule before then it's kind of like a take on that but uh you use tequila instead so i use jose cuervo jose cuervo gold and uh lime and ginger ale and i think you say you use ginger beer Yes, so ginger beer typically for any mule, that's, that's what make it a little bitter. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is it's still bitter, even with the ginger ale. I don't think the ginger is as prevalent as it would be with ginger beer, but it's still um it's still pretty on the bitter side, but it's good. It's good. I like, you like it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think it had to like settle in a bit because when I first tasted it, I was like, ooh, this this bitter, bitter. But um yeah. once it kind of like settled a little bit, it was it's good. I like it. So I mean how much tequila versus how much of the mix did you put in it? I put two shots of tequila in it. Um basically just squeezed the lime so all the lime juice went in and then it's not I don't have it in a big glass, so it ain't maybe about three ounces of ginger ale, so Oh, so you really you really out here. You really <laughs> out here on the I gotta get my day started, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Good, yeah, that's not for the week, right there. That's how you're supposed to have it. You you can put a lot of tequila and a little bit of mixture, and it's still gonna even out. So yeah, you should have a good, you should have a good day after that. <laughs> yeah, this is a good start. I don't think I'm gonna um, drink much more until later when I go to dinner. But um, yeah. So just getting the day started, you know, getting the chores around the house done. So Definitely. thank you. So uh, huh? I was gonna say just just ask for a Moscow, I mean a Mexican meal. It's a great drink if you haven't had it. Yes. Yeah, so y'all go ahead and try it. I I think any restaurant would have the or any bar would have the ingredients to this. And if you want to make it at home, all it is is go tequila um lime and ginger beer or ginger ale whichever you prefer so go ahead try that out and let me know how you guys like it yeah mm -hmm. and so now for the word on the street we got 50 cent i think 50 cent is always saying some crazy stuff um mm. makes me definitely look at him sideways but if you don't know, basically he got on Tunchi Radio, which is Lil Wayne's. Is that a podcast or is that like just? It, it is a podcast. Now, you know, everybody in the podcast game, Young Money Radio, he got to do with Apple. Okay. Okay. So yeah, he was on Lil Tunchi Radio and they were talking about a number of things, but in the conversation, he brought up how he likes exotic women and black women get angry when they see him with women of these other ethnicities. And, you know, he's, I don't know, I, I feel like maybe he could have worded what he said better. But to me, in my eyes, I don't, I don't feel no type of way about no black man dating outside of his race. Um, I feel like you're attracted to what you're attracted to, but at, in this, at the same time, I don't want anybody, I don't feel like you should try and downplay another type of woman because that's your preference. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Um, that podcast, they spoke for an hour and a half and 50, if you know 50, he can just talk and talk and talk. He's a great storyteller. Mm -hmm. And, um, so when I saw the clips online and on the shade room, uh, you know, when you just take 15 seconds, it might look Taking a lot more crazy. Yeah, it looked a lot more crazy than what it actually was. And I'm not saying that what he said wasn't out of line, 
uh, I'm actually, I agree with how you said it. He could have worded it differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't think that 50 uh, is that guy that likes uh, exotic, however you want to define that, but usually some different races mm-hmm. mixed with black, not mixed with black from South America, from Europe or whatever. Cause I feel like the girl he with now, she mixed with black. Right. You know, and then he's been with, uh, you know, Vivica Fox was a popular one, but uh, he's been with, black women and i'm sure he's been with exotic women so it's not he he not one of those guys that we can just say 50 don't like black he don't protect and like our black queens because you know i don't think that that's the case necessarily but But the way it came off now i will say i i question 50 about say like a black woman that look like me versus a black woman that's on the mixed side like um Natori Knotson, who plays Tasha on Power. Um, I don't know if you recall that photo that she took. She had like this high ponytail and he like uh, put a side by side with her and like another. I don't, I don't know if he a villain, like superhero villain type deal or whatever. And it for them to have the relationship that they have, I don't know if that was a joke between them because she never came out and said, you know, that's just how me and him, you know, play around or whatever. But I think um, I think that in conjunction with this kind of set the tone as to why people may have taken what he said out of context. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 50 is, you know, the biggest troll uh, that exists between maybe him <laughs> and a 6'9", but... 50 is so successful that he be acting, you know, like immature. Like he he be doing a lot of talking about a lot of things that mm-hmm. maybe he shouldn't. And when you have such a big platform, anything you say is going to be scrutinized. The difference is 50 is such a, he got it out the mud and he still has a hood mentality. He's a genius and a mogul with a hood mentality. And so I, I love that about 50 because he managed to stay authentic, but still switch up and be business minded. But the authentic side of him, you know, he have he, he opened his mouth and wild shit come out. Yeah. So I, I just I don't I'm not judging him as a bad dude or, or looking down on black women because because he said that and this. Because at the same time, I don't judge, like you say, anybody for um, having a preference. If you like uh, a certain skin tone of woman or if you like white women or if you like dark skinned women, that's fine. As long as you're not putting other women down in the process. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when, he, when he said that, you know, I think that uh, it's like he was justifying why men get uh we get a i don't want to say attacked but we'll get called out when we're going for what he said these exotic women are um and and he was he was defending an affinity for exotic women but he shouldn't he shouldn't have you know worded it when he like yo black i think he said like black bitch get off me or something like you you mad yeah you Um, angry (laughs) yeah he, he, he he didn't have to say that but uh but then again in his experiences being followed by millions of people you know he pop up with these type of women exotic if that that's how you define them you know maybe he is the dude that reads his comments and you know how comments can get on online like 
you can easily be attacked by a mob of whatever, you know, black women or, or whoever. And, and the truth is, even in on the shade room, which the shade room deserves credit to be like a powerful, a powerful platform for the black community. They definitely think- are. That's why I get a lot of my, my news from on the, you know, the what's going on in entertainment. <laughs> Right. And then and then if you if you follow the shade room, who don't look at the comments? You know, like mm-hmm. you I you shouldn't get lost in the comments, but you look in the comments and it just seemed like group think. Like a lot of people be on the same way. They either all hate you, they either all love you, they all protecting you. And mm-hmm. and when fifty be opening his mouth and, and saying some of the things he says, uh, you know, he, he get attacked for it a lot. So maybe in his mind he you know, I don't know. He feels some Maybe type he of way. Maybe he don't care no more. And he don't. And he don't. Mm-hmm. He don't care. That's why he be trolling. <laughs> he for sure be trolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He 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 got carried away in that whole conversation. But I enjoyed the the podcast that he did with Wayne. Yeah, I mean, because they talked about other stuff like. I only listened to like a couple minutes of it and then I was just like, okay, that ain't what I'm talking about. So let's, let's get through this. But, um, I know they kind of talked about, you know, the, I guess how well cash money did, you know, in comparison to other record labels that was out at that time. Cause I think, you know, there were so many, everybody was popping up with a record label at the time you had cash money, you had, um, was it Rockefeller? Rockefeller, no. Yep, limit. you had Rockefeller, you had uh fifty cent had his G unit. So I mean it was but I will say out of um all of the record labels from that time frame, Cash Money definitely stood out. You know, they branched off to Young Money. Um they still Davis, got Drake and Nikki. Huh? <laughs> Davis, Drake and Nikki. Yeah, they they still putting out hits now. So I definitely say they've definitely had a productive run as far as like the record labels that came up during that time frame. Um, But yeah, I just, I'm pretty sure 50 don't care about how he come off to um, the majority or the masses he gonna say what he gonna say and honestly i feel like that's not gonna stop his bag you know power was an amazing show like i definitely kept up with power um yeah. i know he has some spinoffs from that coming up and i'm gonna watch that so to me i feel like it's hard to to say let's cancel 50 because he does have a brilliant business mind outside of his shenanigans, you know, outside you of know, his shenanigans. And one other thing that I'll say towards cancel um, and why we shouldn't cancel 50 is uh, I think it's so easy to be hypocritical. And why I say that is, you know, we, us non-celebrity people, mm-hmm. you ever found yourself saying, you know, God know my heart. Um, that's a famous saying that we say when we know we're doing wrong in the world. God know my heart. And, and, and you might actually, you probably are truly a good person, but nobody knows the good you're doing behind closed doors. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You don't know that I just gave $5 to a homeless person. You don't know that I was helping with some kids somewhere. Like, there's a lot of good things I do that only myself and God knows. 
Yeah. But I'm not famous. But the same thing goes for these celebrities. And when it comes to philanthropy or when it comes to, you know, activism and especially like right now, Black Lives Matter, some people, their stuff is posted and, and is public. But then a lot of the stuff is not public. And so mm-hmm. you don't know. And so my point is for 50 and we could tie it back to, you know, black women or angry black women or whatever. You don't know what he has ever done positive for black women or how he actually feels about black women and, and what he's doing in the community. And you actually see a lot of things that he does, but I always believe that there's more that you don't see. So if we run around here and, and we, you know, we, we say, God know my heart and we feel like we're a good person behind closed doors, like these celebrities, a lot of them are too. You just don't, you just don't know it. They just so publicize that it's easy to attack them. But um, I just think that we can, people should give a little bit more benefit of the doubt um, to these celebrities. Now, I think we go too hard on them, honestly. And people make mistakes. And sometimes you say the wrong shit. It's so easy when you're just having a conversation. Am I supposed to not curse? Like, No, you can curse. I don't want to say. Okay, just, not just like that. Like we, <laughs> we get in conversation and I might say some wild stuff and I don't, you know, didn't mean for it to come out that way. But I think, you know, deep down inside, 50 is 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 a done a lot of good things and is a good dude. Um, just my opinion. Like I said, I I can't take away from his business mindset that he has his create creativity. I definitely don't take away from that. Um, as far as 50 and his personal beliefs, as far as like how he views women or whatever, I may not necessarily rock with it, but. Um, like I said, I don't feel no type of way about black men dating outside of their race. Um, I mean, now I will say it took me a long, a, a, a little bit to get to that place, but um, I am there because I just feel like just because that's your preference, that don't take away from the amount of action that I get. You know what I'm saying? So you do you and I'm going to do me. Wow. You know black men dating outside their race that i do want to i want to come back to that um, we, we can't we can talk about it now i mean we could transition what's what's the what's that that segment you call it hot cup of cocoa yeah the hot cup of cocoa okay we like can that. we can move that there um so we're gonna go ahead and take a break and when we come back we're gonna get into the hot cup of cocoa hey guys this is coco If you're anything like me, taking care of your hair is very important. I recently started using a new hair care line called 312 Essentials. It is plant-based. There are no harsh chemicals and it stimulates growth. And as I mentioned, I just started using it, but it brought so much moisture back into my hair. My curls were popping after I used the Moisture Plus Shampoo and Conditioner plus the healthy hair oil. Go check out 312essentials.com and use promo code SHOP312 and get 20% off of your first order. This is not something you want to sleep on. So go ahead, check it out, and do something nice for your hair. All right, so we are getting into the hot cup of cocoa for this week. So the hot cup of cocoa this week is pretty much just 
dating in a nutshell from a man's perspective. Um, I think it's important to have men come onto this platform and talk about how they view certain things when it comes to relationships, um, to give women and even, you know, provoke some thoughts within the the man the man's mindset on how they are operating in a relationship. And yes, this is subjective, but I think it's at least a starting point, give you something to think about. So um, I know one of the things that I have battled a lot in my dating life is the time frame of dating and talking and when you make it official. And so is dating and talking the same thing? Would you say? Um, to me, yes, it's pretty much the same thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't like to put too much, um, too many boundaries on dating. I think it's, I think it's a loose concept. I think dating to me means you are going out on dates to dinner or to the movies or to whatever it is that you're choosing to do whenever y'all make time for each other but it's nothing more than that you just it's early and you're getting to know each other mm-hmm. and these days you know what is talking is talking just facetime and text message or is it in person also and talking i don't know um, i think that dating and talking and whatever else you want to call something entanglement that's all like <laughs> in the same pool. And then the only thing, the only line that you cross over is when you make it official, like you said. So yes, to me, dating and talking is the same thing. Okay. So, okay, dating and talking is the same thing. And I feel like it goes into um, the whole concept of you can't really put a time limit on when you feel like it's the right time to make it official. But I know women or people in general, I'm not gonna say just women, but people in general kind of be like, oh, well, we doing this and we doing that. We might as well make it official or whatever. But then the other person is kind of just like, "Uh, I'm still trying to figure it out or whatever. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you could be on different different time frames and in different lanes. Um, so what's the time frame? You know, it, it, I'm speaking now from a more mature perspective. Mm-hmm. And so when I think of making something official, it's because I have marriage in mind. Mm-hmm. Granted, when I was in my early 20s, I didn't have marriage in mind, but, you know, it had to be somebody special to make me want to uh, cut my hose off. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, but, um, but did you ever make it official with somebody? I had, I've had three relationships throughout my twenties where I made it official, and the circumstances was all different. One was long distance, one was uh, toxic and on and off, and the other was so quick because I recognized the writing on the wall and knew I had to get out of it. But there was a point where it was real euphoric. It was real cloud nine and -hmm. everything was great. And I'm like, man, I really want to continue kicking it with this person. And it just sort of naturally evolved into, well, shit, we might as well just be, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend. 
Um, and the time frames were all different. One of them was extremely quick, like less than a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one was about three months of what you would, you know, consider dating and talking. And the other one was like a weekend. So <laughs> I done been all over the place. Um, and, and, you know, I, I would say that the reason I've been all over the place, and here's the problem, one of the problems, is that with each of those females, they were great. They were great to me. They were, and they still are good people because I don't have no animosity with no ex. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I, I put so much stock into how good they was that mm-hmm. I didn't take the time to look at how ready I was. Mm-hmm. And in those relationships, I probably wasn't ready to make nothing official with anybody. Therefore, yeah. those relationships ended. No matter whether it was official in a week, official in three months, it don't matter when I make it official and it don't matter how great that she was, I wasn't fully ready. Therefore, we should have never made it official. Right. Because I feel like me personally, like I've said it numerous times on this show, is that I feel like I have, on- it's only been official twice. Um, the first one was like a on and off type situation um a lot of back and forth definitely just young don't know how to deal with the emotions that's going into you know this relationship this entanglement and then um the second one was I think I was so pressed because it was just like I'm almost, I'm I'm nearing the end of my 20s. I'm still not married. Like, I need to make something official. You know what I'm saying? And maybe it put pressure on that individual to be like, okay, we got to, you know, this is what she want. We got to do it. And then, you know, in the long run, it just didn't pan out because I don't think either of us were ready for yeah. what came along with that type of commitment. Um so, and people have asked me, like, you know, will I get married again? And, you know, if I'll do it fast or if I'll, you know, wait for forever. Um, I'm still just kind of like, you know, it just depends on where we are, you know, in our situation. Um, I'm not going to say like, oh, we got to be dating for 10 damn years because, Ain't nobody got 10 years to just be dating somebody. <laughs> um, and plus, I'm, and I'm not going to say it's not going to happen in four months. I just feel like, um, you know, depend on the vibe. Um, and I also think at this point in my life, whoever I end up dating will have also experienced some type of trauma for from a relationship and hopefully they will have learned from their previous mistakes and can um venture i guess make more sound decisions or be more in tune with what it is that they want to make a relationship happen with someone um so that that's where i'm at with the whole talking dating situation i still feel like i'm not going to put a time limit on it Am I going to date somebody for 10 years before they decide to make the commitment to me? Hell no. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you should. Maybe you should. And and there's a reason I say this. Um, Obviously, we're getting older now. I mean, are you in your 30s? Yeah. 
Okay, I'm, so I'm, we're I'm there, right? <laughs> that serious, serious point in life. And um, I got this, I got this kind of a, a wild theory, philosophy about meeting somebody and then dating them. Um, you meet anywhere, right? Say you met at the bar, whether you met at church, whether you just met at the gym, whatever you do to meet or, or on a date nap, you meet. And then you take an interest in a person, you exchange phone numbers, you start talking, texting, you go out on a date. This whole process, the both of you are putting on the best version of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And even when, to take it a step further, even when you talk about your flaws, because maybe you are an open person, because I'm an open person. Same. So I will, over dinner, I will talk about my flaws and not just you know, the good parts of me. And, and to me, that's being transparent, but you still don't really um, run into a problem or a potential problem between the two of you until you cross that bridge. Right. Yeah. So I, I feel that people just put on the best version of themselves and, and that's just dangerous because, you know, you have these blinders and after a month, two months, after a year or two years, like, when do you start really getting to knowing the best or the, the deepest and realest part of a person and are all of the skeletons out of the closet? And I, I think that the, the deepest truth is that all your skeletons are never out of the closet. Um, and you met this person and you always wanted to be the best version of yourself for this person. They don't know who you was a year ago. They don't know who you were five years ago and would be bothering me is that sometimes you probably came so far, like I done grew so much, I'm so much more mature, but you don't even get credit for it because they don't know who the fuck you was two years ago. Exactly. So now you you just in this new this new relationship and that's all you get credit for is what you have showed them, but they don't even know that, that you was wilding and how you used to be. And, mm-hmm. um, and so my, my theory is like, you know what? I've, I have friends, female friends who I, uh, been friends with for you know 10 years five years whether it was intimate or not um, just friendship living close by each other not living close by each other and then social media because social media is, is very prevalent these days like so for 10 years of my social life you've seen me you've seen the serious stuff I post you've seen the turn up you've seen me post a girl then not post a girl you've seen me pur- purge my IG like you've seen the ups and downs of my life and if we really I close, definitely have. <laughs> you know, especially me, right? And because I, because I'm such a transparent person, so I have these uh, relationships with these women that have always been amicable. I never, you know, disrespected a woman, never really did a woman wrong. There's been some heartbreaks, but it's these women from my past that um, I didn't even meet and like date like that, like the typical met wherever online or something and started dating but those are the ones that know my true flaws and my everything about me Mm -hmm. and you know you probably have a better chance uh making something serious happen with those people than going out and meeting somebody new because there ain't no 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 best version of yourself with those people that have known you for years they like no i know your i know your demons already so don't even come with Mm -hmm. bullshit i accept you for who you are yeah. Now let's build this partnership together. Now, I would definitely say I prefer 
going back and dating people that I've dated previously than dating new people. And that's because, like you said, you already know what you get in. They know what, you know, they know what they get in. Um, I feel like there are only two people I would never go back to. Um, and that's just because, and those were the two serious relationships I was in. It was kind of just like, no, no, I I just can't do that with you. Like, the, I guess the hurt from it is just like, it was too much hurt you know, yeah. to um, to go back to that. Yes, there have been many years in between, you know, now and from when we originally broke up, but um, too, too much has happened in that time frame, you know, for it to be like, right. I could go back. Um, but there are definitely some people in my past where it'd be like, yeah, I, I could see me going back to that, you know? And so uh, you you just said it. You said that the two relationships you wouldn't, but these others that you can see yourself going back to, they weren't ever official, right? Yeah, whether they weren't ever official. Whether you talked, whether you dated, however you want to define that, whether you was entangled, whatever it was with them, <laughs> like it's probably amicable. And as you grew apart, you still stay connected and you still see each other and you see the growth in each other, so you get credit for that. You yeah. know how far each other have come. You've seen each other live life, and you know each other very well, so you just have so much more to build up on when you start with a person from your past as opposed to the person you swiped right on, and you starting from that scratch. Yeah. And so you definitely, I, that, that's it to me. Yeah, for sure. So we, we keep saying this entangled word, and um, if y'all are in tune with what's going on in the media right now, I talked about it on last week's episode when uh, August Alsina gave his interview with Angela Yee about, you know, his life, his motivation for his new album that just came out. Um, but so we heard his part or thoughts on him and Jada Smith Pink Jada Pinkett Smith's relationship and everybody was like I don't think that's real especially because their publicist came out and said that you know it wasn't true but um now that Jada has done the red table talk I feel like the wasn't true part is the part that Will gave his blessing for Jada and August to deal with each other um, because in the Red Table Talk, they mentioned that they were actually separated when she was dealing with him. Um, so what are your thoughts on... And, and she mentions that she entered into a entanglement with August. <laughs> and uh, Will was like, an entanglement? Like uh, a relationship? <laughs> right. Called her ass out. Mm -hmm. Um. So... So, so my thoughts on it, uh, I take a little left turn. I'm not focused so much on, I think, what most people are focused on. Um, I'm going to start by saying I think they are covering something up still. And when they say we were broken up or we were, you know, separated, separated um, that's why she was able to do her. Uh, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I think that August is a result of their open relationship. Facts, same. And, 
and I just couldn't keep this little hot girl mouth shut. And um, now they have to deal with this publicly. So I, I still believe that Will and Jada have this established life partnership, open relationship that they define that works for them. And it should have never been public because the public just ain't ready to handle that. And because of what just happened, I feel like their best way to save face was to say they were separated and that's how it went down. So then it looks like Jada didn't cheat or they don't have an open relationship or they're not swingers. This was just a bumpy part in their marriage. And then she went and did what she did. And then they reconciled their marriage. That looks better to everybody who thinks in a traditional sense of what marriage and love should be. Right. But the reality is, Will and Jada is not uh, traditional. They are not conventional. They are out the box. They are unorthodox. They are a life partnership. And they have navigated love in the public eye for over 25 years. And, and I admire them for that. Like, they gave me so much uh, of a different look, you know, to, to, for me to aspire to. Like, I want to, I want, I still want a Will and Jada love. You've probably seen the memes where they like, yo, J. Cole, you still want that, that Jada and Will love? Yeah. And you're like, nah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm different though. I do. And I want it even more now. Um, I always, you know, I've been reading between the lines between, uh, their relationship for a while. And I don't know if you remember um, a year and a half ago when they had their first Red Table Talk. Did you ever see that? Yeah, I saw the first one. And to me, that was that was amazing. Like, I actually pulled my phone out and took notes on it because that's how interesting it was to me. But I literally wrote in my phone that, you know, they they were able to, like, tap dance around some things where they said they actually came out and said they weren't swingers. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they didn't say they didn't have an open relationship. There was a point where, you know, she was like, even if I live on this side of the house and you got to live on that side of the house, we going to still be in the same house and we going to make this work. Yeah. Like that was her, to me, alluding to the fact that they have been in situations where they do their own thing, but mm-hmm. they still love each other. They still raise a family. And to me, that was them admitting that they do have an open relationship. And now fast forward to August coming out, this is just proof. Right. But it works for them. It works for them. And and so the And he was collateral damage. <laughs> August, oh yeah, August is collateral damage, right. And he 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 got emotional mm-hmm. and he fell in love and he got cut off. And and that's that. But to comment on the this other piece that everybody is saying how sad Will looked. And I didn't notice it at first, but he did look sad. And so I started thinking, was Will sad because of what Jada did with August? My answer is no. I don't think that's the case because if they have an open relationship, then you are prepared for that. You know that she's doing something. Right. Whether you know about it specifically or not, you know that something is going on and you have given that blessing. Which mm-hmm. is why August said he got the blessing. Um, what Will is mad about is the fact that he got to deal with this petty shit on the world stage because you couldn't control your hoe. Right, because they did talk about how everybody done made it their business, and it ain't none of their business, but here we exactly. are. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, and that's and that's why Will was like, oh, I'm going to get you back, and she was like, you already got me back, which that part was super interesting to me, too, because I feel like they were very 
professional and, and like when they speak publicly, they they've been doing it right. They've been yeah, stars like for they a long got time, this so shit down pat. <laughs> they do, but when she said one thing to me, it felt unpacked. When she was like, he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna get you back," and, and she, she said, like, "You already you, did that." Yeah, you already did. He was like, yeah, you're probably right. And then she was like, this isn't so much about getting back. And he was like, it is to me. I feel like right there, they unraveled a little bit because Will was really on some like, nah, like, nah, bitch, I'm going to get I'm about you. to get your ass. Jada responded and said, okay, I'm going to give you that petty shit. And I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't expect her to say that. It was like, you could just see that the issue is that really was there. That was the unscripted like, part. <laughs> Exactly. So I thought that was funny, man. But I, I, I still admire their relationship. I admire their love. And I think that uh, even though I think they started out young and they had to figure this out. But the lesson for us, the lesson for everybody that's not married is that we should take a page out of their book and define what love is from scratch mm-hmm. before we before we end it 10 years from now and we end up cheated on heartbroken depressed and, and a wreck but be, be, when you start dating whether it's a new person or somebody from your past like unlearn all of this shit that society taught us mm-hmm. unlearn what you saw from your parents even if you saw good you know what i mean because even in our parents uh things get hidden you got prideful people out there mm-hmm. and and you don't you don't know how much your mom done cheated your dad done cheated or maybe you do and then you might not know how much more they cheated than what you do know. Like there's so much to life that, that people keep inside of them. And so we've never, we've only learned love through what we saw in family, through what we saw on TV, through what you learn in church if you're a religious person, but throw that shit all out the window and get a blank piece of paper and define your love the way you want to define it with whatever rules you want to have. And then you make that shit work for you. Fuck what society thinks. Exactly. I remember when um, I first got married, there was a married couple that I was cool. And they've been on the show, Ebony and Jeremy. And I remember them telling me, um, well, telling me and my ex-husband, like, you know, whatever you thought you knew about marriage, just throw it out the window. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I feel like I took that to heart, but maybe he didn't take that to heart. So it was one of those things like, like I wholeheartedly understand that concept. Like what you think you know, like just just start from scratch and you make your own rules because, you know, you trying to build a life together, but you're going off of social norms. And sometimes those social norms don't always mean, sometimes those don't necessarily mean we need to be doing that. You know, right. Right. Um, so I and s- speaking of Will and Jada's open relationship, I feel like so often in recent times and within the past couple years, the the question of monogamy has come up, you know, and, and do I believe in it? And I'm still on the fence about it. You know, because I know some people are like, it could be, you know, it's not all about the sexual aspects of the relationship, but more of what we're all bringing to the table. Like we, you know, we all got jobs, we contribute into the household together. 
um, those type of things. Um, so I, I feel like there is another part of non-monogamy that people don't necessarily look at when they think of, oh, they, they poly or they got open relationships or whatever the case may be. It's just like there is another aspect to it outside of the sexual part. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that. 100%. And so when I think about Will and Jada's situation as well, and, you know, of course, people are like, you know, a few years back or whenever it was, Will had, I guess there was a woman that used to pop up in all the same places as he would or whatever. And it was said to be that this was his side chick or whatever like that and everybody is like well his side chick ain't saying nothing I said well we don't know who his side chick is you know what I'm saying maybe she's somebody that you know maybe they provide a lifestyle for her so her incentive to be quiet is that she's able to live this lifestyle August is a celebrity in his own right he don't depend on them for his lifestyle so it's like he didn't necessarily have nothing to lose by putting that information out there yeah yeah let me ask you this do you feel that uh august was uh preyed on so i feel like i think we all know that august is an emotional individual and jada even said when he initially was introduced to their family you know he was sick and you know she was helping him you know they were helping him you know, in that way, um, I don't know. So I will say, I don't think he was preyed upon. I think that, you know, sometimes you just deal with people and your relationship takes a different turn. You know what I'm saying? It's not necessary. I don't think she came into the situation like, oh, I'm about to get this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it it could have just been like, the amount of time and emotional connection that they had with each other because I feel like they were connected on a different level than just the sexual situation. So yeah, definitely. And I would the reason I asked you that question is because there's really it really kind of puts something in perspective about myself. And I've known this about myself for years, but I can't I can't decide whether this is a good thing or a bad thing. And maybe it's not good or bad, but when I say preyed upon and August had, you know, issues physically, you know, that led to mental illness, whatever it is, he needed help, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, J- Jada and Will, and probably mostly Jada, um, decided to help him. I have found myself uh, attracted to wanting to help people, gen- specifically women, but it's in my nature. Like I'm a helpful person. That's why I said people because I help my guy friends, anybody I can help, I want to help. Mm-hmm. So that's not a bad trait, but when it comes to women, now you get it, it gets dicey when it's an attractive woman and she looking like this and body like that. But then you got issues too, that issues that are not a red flag that send me running but issues that I'm like, you know what, I can help you with that because I'm maybe a little bit, you know, more experienced or something. And so I enter into these entanglements thinking that I can fix the person. And in some cases I have, I've had helped people 
But then in some cases, it, it went bad, just like, you know, Jada and August too. So is that a problem is my question. Like, I, I would say that maybe that's what happened with Jada. Like, you know, she, she wants to help somebody and then the, the attraction is there too. Mm-hmm. And now this person ended up, I mean, I guess he did get help from them, but, you know, it went bad. Is that a problem though? I I think um, love or life in itself has its intricacies. And I think that from the outside looking in, we can be like, oh, she prayed on him or whatever the case may be. But I I just feel like human nature always wants to help somebody. Um, Human nature also cannot, um, it can't, unattract itself to what it's attracted to you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying so maybe like i said maybe it was just one of those situations she initially wanted to help him and because of how close they had gotten maybe and and sometimes you know it's not even about looks for people maybe it's how you interact with somebody that attracts you to them how they move that attracts you to them and maybe how he was moving or interacting or his intellectual capacity is what attracted Jada to him, you know? So all all of that could be what attracted uh, her to him. But here's one other thing. And and that's why I'm like, I'm stuck on this because I'm seeing myself in the mirror. When I met, you know, actually this is the real story about my child's mother. I put a little bit out there, but you know, I got a, a very uh, tough relationship with my baby mama. But when I met her, uh, she looked good and all this other stuff. And then we started hanging out. And as I got to know her, she started revealing her trauma, her childhood trauma and her issues and stuff like that. And um, what attracted me was that it's like I saw the good in her. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you, you're a good person. You just have this pain and I can help with that. So even the pain attracted me. And that's why I ask, is that predatory? I mean, in my mind, it never feels predatory. I don't feel like I'm doing it, you know, to prey on somebody. I genuinely want to help, but it is the issues that attract me to people too. Like I can fix that. And then we get into the situation. And if I don't, I don't fix think, it. Yes. I, I, I honestly don't think it's predatory. Um, I have a friend who called me out. She calls me out on numerous occasions, but uh, she's like, you are, this is why you ain't in no relationship. You always get these men that got these issues and, you know, da, 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 da. <laughs> and it's, it, it's something, I think it's, it's human nature to want to help somebody get through a tough time in their life or get past something that they've been through. Um, and in that same token feel like I can be different and not necessarily that you want to change that person, but you feel like maybe you can just show them something different from what they used to, whether that's chaos in their relationships or just drama. And you just like, I know I ain't with the drama. I'm not with that chaos. Like I can just show them a different way, you know? Right. Right. Or let me, let me, let me flip it. Um, do you, you've been down that road enough because I have, and I, I've been burned by thinking I can help somebody. Now I got a child with them. I couldn't help them. And that was negatively affecting, you know, my life and my child's life. So now I'm like, I'm a little, I'm a little damaged in the sense of 
you know what? If you got trauma, if you got damage, I don't even want to deal with it. You need to come to me, figure it out. You need to come to me whole. Your credit score should be, you know, in good standing. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, I, <laughs> it's, but, and that's even, and that's even probably bad, but it, it's a reality. Like I need somebody as close to equally yoked as I am right now with where you are in life and where you are in your mind, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, I ain't got time to fix you. I can help you get better from a place that you already good. But if you, if you struggling and you bad, keep going to therapy and get that figured out. Do you make yourself right, make yourself happy and then come and then I can make you happier. Mm-hmm. So I, that's where I am right now. Like I need whoever I am to be whole because I just feel like with where I am in my life, like I feel like I'm past the drama. I'm very in tune with my emotions. Um, and I can also make myself very in tune with your emotions, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) and another thing I have struggled with is being in relationships with men who are insecure and you don't Mm -hmm. like you say you meet that representative so you don't realize this until after you in it and then it's just like bruh why do it matter this was before you like like you said I've I've changed and you trying to judge me on my past like I'm a changed woman (laughs) um that happened before you years before you came into the picture so um it it shouldn't really matter i'm in a different place now um but i think knowing that tidbit of information made him insecure and then it's just like i don't know Mm -hmm. what to tell you like i had a life before you came into the and came into my world (laughs) like so so do you think that um maybe some of the things he should have never learned about your past and that would have been better off oh definitely <laughs> I, T- I definitely huh tmi yeah tmi mm-hmm. um it, it in that situation it was definitely i feel like it was definitely um less less is more like leave some things yeah. out because obviously you can't handle the truth. Right. Um, but then I also feel like I don't want to be in a relationship with somebody that is insecure and can't understand like the things that I've been through. Um, because I feel like for any person that I deal with, if I find out you dealt with somebody that I knew in the past, I'm I'm not going to hold that against you. Like, this is a different time. Yeah. We're different people. Um, what you, what you have been through does not play or, you know, mean anything to where we are right now. Right. Right. I feel you. Um, so whoever I end up with, I definitely need them to be mature. I need them to understand that life happens um you know i i just and all that other stuff that you mentioned like i need them to be emotionally spiritually intact they need to credit score need to be nice you know like (laughs) yep 
Yeah, yeah I just I just need a whole a whole person. <laughs> Right. Like I'm, I'm out of the business of trying to fix people, trying to show you something different. Like I need you. You don't like. Hmm. You don't like build a bear. I, I honestly never had a problem with build a bear, but build a bear <laughs> has hindered my relationships <laughs> from making, you know, from being official, from going to the talking dating phase to official. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't have children. So to me, I'm just like, you know, I want to have a family. And if you can't be where I need you to be, we can't build no family. And I'm not getting no younger. <laughs> Facts. So, so with that in mind, uh, would you be ever interested in just going out and starting your family without the you know, the surety that you're going to have this mom and dad household, basically single mom. Mm -mm. That's why I ain't got no kids now. <laughs> I just know. So here's my take on why I have not have, have not have the, why I have not had children. Um, Cause I mean, Hey, we, we can all make babies. You know what I'm saying? But I think for me, I know myself and I know I need a break and I need the way my job is set up. It's not I'm, I'm not in a place where I'm near family, you know, so it's not like I can be like, hey, my I need to drop the kid off. You know, like I, I need this to be a joint effort. We even if we not in the same house. I at least need to know, like, we in the vicinity of each other, and it's easy yeah. to do that co-parent role. Yeah. Well, obviously, uh, that's what everybody wants, you know, and, and this is a, actually a brand new thought that's just popping into my head, because so, because single parent is so prevalent in our society today, mm -hmm. like, we only dream of, we only imagine, and we only desire exactly what you just said. And because we desire that, we don't prepare for the reality. And the reality is the case more than the dream. So should we be preparing? Should we be thinking about the worst case scenario? Because everything you just told me, you are not prepared for a motherfucker to leave you with a child and he gone to another country and here you are, got to figure it out with no family, and no man in your life, but the, the reality is, it's like that. So, mm -hmm. so what do we, sh should we practice? Is there a course for that? Is there a, <laughs> is there a YouTube channel for that? Like, hey, this is uh, preparing to be a single mother just in case 101. Maybe we should create that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's a, a good idea. Um, but I just, like I said, I'm even, okay with knowing like okay we're not going to be together we got a co-parent but i just need to be in that same vicinity of that person because i've known that type of relationship to work like my parents my stepdad and my mom separated when i was 11 but i still saw him every day i probably yeah. saw him more than i saw my mother you know what i'm saying but their co-parents and dynamic work you know, like they they definitely fed off of each other and was there when the other couldn't be there. So um, 
So I I know that relationship can work as far as co-parenting in the same vicinity. Um, I mean, I've I've seen people co-parent across states, across countries, but of course, there's just one parent that's doing more work than the other. Um, and I'm not here for it. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I, like, I just, you know how they say, like, the mother is just so, and especially, like, during this pandemic, like, I've seen so many of my friends just have to be around their kids 24-7, and I'm just like, what? What? Mm-hmm. What did this kid do? Oh, hell no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> out. Yes, I'm stressed and I ain't even in the house with these kids. <laughs> oh man, nobody said it would be easy though. Nobody said it would be easy. Mm-mm. And it it looks like when you and your daughter are together, y'all are like thick as thieves. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I hope that the love that I show her will shine through the hate that it's driven from other directions, and I'll just leave that at that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I definitely think that, um, I mean, may, maybe one day, you know, I, I still aspire to be married and build a family that way. Um, but, you know, maybe one day, that may not be the case, and maybe one day I just be like, hey, I, I have a kid. And hopefully the person I had a kid with is is on board. Well, it they gonna have to be on board because to me, um, I've never, I've also never wanted to have a ch- a child and it'd be like it was not meant to happen. Oh, you mean me? Yeah, got it right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, no, nobody wants that. Nobody so, wants you don't. You do not want to be me. So I feel like if I if I ever change my mind to be like. I'm down to do this, like a co-parenting type situation, even if it is across states, across countries, you know, the the other person is on board to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. You know, I think, uh, we just got to make sure that our, our, our desire and our value for having a family, um, isn't so, so great that we ignore the, the, the relationship that we're going to have between man and woman and how that can turn bad. And then you don't have the family anymore. You know what I mean? Like just mm-hmm. getting into a relationship with the wrong person because you feel like you're racing the clock. Cause you said it earlier, you're not getting any younger women talk about the biological clock. And, and so you get into this mindset, you know, probably in your thirties where it's like, damn, I need to, I need to make a decision or something, but, you know, people get baby fever and then it might make them make some bad decisions. The person that you're going to marry and lay down with, they got to be through and through right and ready, mm-hmm. regardless of how much of you want a kid and how much of a blessing that kid is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually, and you know, it's supposed to be, a lot of people be disagreeing with that, but you see memes about it, like whether you choose your significant other or your child, um, and when you, if you take it to the Bible, it's like, it's supposed to be your significant other. That's the person that you spend the rest of your life with and your child gets grown and they leave the nest mm-hmm. and that significant other is still the it's one still that you there. have to yeah, spend the rest of your life with. People ain't, they're not ready to accept that and figure out how to balance that out. 
Yeah, I, I think people get overwhelmed with the amount of responsibility that comes along with commitment. Um, but I, I'll tell you, it is a conscious effort every day to be like, I choose the person I'm with. Because while I was in my situation, there were definitely times when I was just kind of like, you know, uh, <laughs> that looks nice. But then it's just like, no, he's at home. <laughs> I need to get home. <laughs> so I, I will, and, and I don't think people talk enough about the temptation because temptation is definitely there for both people. And like I said, it's a conscious effort in how you maneuver through it. Absolutely, absolutely. Temptation is hard, man. Mm -hmm. Real hard. Real hard. But it can be done. It can be done. People just got to, I think for me, what, um, when I am in a relationship allows me to give myself to that relationship is um, understanding that what I have is what I have and the grass ain't necessarily greener on the other side. Right. Facts. Facts. And, and, and you know, I applaud everybody's choice, whether that's commitment with monogamy, whether that's commitment with, open relationship, you know, however you define what your love is going to be, I mean, do what's best for you mm -hmm. and just, like I said earlier, define it in advance and, uh, you know, make life work for you. I know, I know what won't work for me and what <laughs> will work for me, or I think, I think I know what will work for me, but I guess we'll see when I, when I start that, that journey. Yeah. I think we are all on a journey. Even if you are in a relationship, like you're changing every day. The person that you're with is not the person that you got with however many years ago that y'all got together. And so um, I think self-discovery is a, a journey always, regardless if you're single or if you are in a relationship. Um, you're continuously, continuously finding out things about yourself. You're continuously finding out things about your mate because just like you change, they change as well. And um, yeah, you just got to roll with the punches. And I, I honestly agree with no such thing as divorce, but you know, I am divorced, but I just think that, um, you know, once you decide to commit yourself, try and work through it. Like, actually give it a chance to work. And if you both find that this ain't going to work, then do what you got to do. But I wholeheartedly believe in giving giving your relationship a chance. Shout out Will and Jada. That's why I admire them. <laughs> I, I think Will and Jada have found what works for their relationship. Um, if I had to say I admire anything about their relationship is just that they have figured out what works for them and they have decided to make this a long-term thing because I think when you do marry somebody, it's not just, oh, we husband and wife. I do think that it is a life partnership. You do life together. 
um, and they just figured out how to do life together in a way that works for them. So that is what I can say about their, what I admire about their relationship. Um, As I mentioned, I am still on the fence about the whole monogamy thing, but you know, that works for them. <laughs> Man, look, I'm a, this is a hot take. I'm gonna be real with you, and I know we we near the end here, but I don't. I just don't believe that that humans were made to just have sex with the same person for the entirety of their life. I don't. I don't think that our bodies was made that way, and that's why it's so damn hard. That's <laughs> why it's so hard. I have this. And like I said, that that is the part that I struggle with. You know what I'm saying? That That is the part that makes me believe I don't necessarily think monogamy is real, but I feel like I am conditioned to societal norms and that is what makes it, you know, I honestly think societal norms is what makes it not believable. Yeah, and what you said about, you know, choosing that person every day and choosing that commitment every day is absolutely true. So if you make a promise and a commitment to be loyal, um, to have sex with this one person for the rest of your life, then it is your job to honor that, you know, 100% or as best as you can. But we make commitments to things all the time. We make commitments to the gym. We make commitments to a diet. And what do we do even with our diet? What do we do with our diet? We go hard on the diet, and then we have a cheat day. <laughs> we go hard, in the, go hard in the gym, and then we and then we fall off. That cheat day is it's a it's a natural part of life. That cheat day happens in relationships all the time too. People just don't want to admit it. This is true. But speaking of, I I keep hitting on this societal norms part, and you mentioned it like. Um, making relationships based off of what you've seen other relationships as far as like parents or whatever. And I'm not for certain if you watch Insecure. Oh, I love Insecure. So Insecure, you know how Molly was all upset about finding out that her dad cheated on her mom and was like, well, why would you stay? You know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it, and I mean, that's true. You don't know what your parents went through. You know what I'm saying? You know what you know, but you don't what you don't. You know what I'm saying? And so it was like once she found out that tidbit of information, she was just like, you know, how could you stay? You know, whatever. And it's just like people change. You know, we we don't know what the circumstances of that situation was. Yo, and and that that scene that you're referring to with Molly and her parents is such it's such a powerful scene and it's, it's deep because it's so real that that is like a primary source of childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. And it might be child, it might be trauma from your childhood because you knew that a parent was stepping out when you were a child or now it's new trauma in your 20s or whenever because you just found out that, you know, a parent was stepping out and now it messed up your whole world because you had this view of what mm-hmm. love is supposed to be like but because your parents tried to keep you from the, the bad things of this world, they never, you wasn't conditioned to, you know, that, hey, this happens and it's more real than you think. And I just think that it's a false reality. Like, mm-hmm. I think that infi- infidelity 
and cheating, it happens way more than we could ever know from a statistic or anything because people take things to their grave. Yeah. We don't know who, who did what. I just choose to believe that a lot of people, most people have, you know, stepped out or, or, or crossed the line in some way, even if it ain't literally having sex, but you done crossed the line in some way that you don't want your spouse to know and you don't want your kids to know. Mm-hmm. The reality is if they don't know, it's likely to happen to them when they grow up too. And they're going to get heartbroken and depressed when that happens. So I, I believe, and, and this is actually a, a philosophy of parenting my daughter that at some point I got to figure it out, but I, I want to condition her to understand that these, these things happen and how to deal with it. It doesn't need to tear your world apart. It doesn't mean that a person doesn't even love you. You know what I mean? Like it, it can mean a lot of different things. I just want you to know that this is a part of life and it happens. And I'm not going to keep that secret from my child because when you end up in a scene like Molly and her parents are insecure. Facts. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of us need to be open ourselves more up to reality. Cause I feel like the reason we, we become so heartbroken or, you know, can't move past things is because we aren't conditioned to understand how life works. And, um, you know, like a lot, a lot of the lessons that I've learned have been as an adult, you know, just accepting life for what it is, um, mm-hmm. experiencing certain things and, and realizing like, nobody teaches you how to deal with heartbreak. Nobody teaches you that your spouse could one day just decide they want to leave. You know what I'm saying? These are all things that you learn as you go. Um, but no one teaches, it's experience that teaches us and not the successes and failures of our parents that are teaching us these um, life lessons. And so I definitely think that, you know, of course you want to hide your children from the, the problems of the world or, you know, things that are harmful, but in the same token. Um, and, and I believe that, and I think that's why a lot of people are so traumatized by their parents being divorced is because no one talked them through the situation. It was just like right. one day your parent was dead and the next day they not. You know what I'm saying? And all you know is my parents got divorced. And, or they talked you through it, but they sugarcoated it. Right. And it's just like, maybe if you explain to them a little better or what, whatever the case may be, you know, just put it out there. Love don't always end in divorce, but sometimes it does. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I think that is the way to, as far as that goes, like keeping people from being traumatized, but also um, a life lesson is that life ain't going to always go the way that you want it to go or you expect it to go. Facts. Facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yep. So this turned into a very deep conversation. <laughs> it went a lot of directions, too. Yeah, it, it went way a lot of directions, but I think it was super good. Me too. Me too. I appreciate you allowing me to have it. Yes, yes, yes. I would definitely like for you to come back on the show. Do you have any final words that you would like to say to the people? I mean, I guess I can't wrap up and conclude what we talked about because we talked about so many things, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yo, I just, uh, I'm a 34 year old man who has had my own experiences. Um, I did a lot of things that people said I shouldn't do because you always get good advice, but you don't listen to it. You got to make the mistakes yourself. Um, but I, and, and I give the advice knowing people are not going to listen to me. Um, but no matter what, uh, we don't have to rush through life. Life is long. We say life is short and it is, but you know, look at it the long way too. You have time to get yourself together and you don't have to be together at 21, at 25. You don't have to be together at 30. Your time is your time. And every year you should just focus on getting better. Every day you put your best foot forward and the chips fall where they may. And that's how I've been living and I've made my mistakes. But now at 34, you know, I feel like I am most ready. And I'm never going to say that I'm fully ready because life is going to throw something new at me every time I take a turn, but there is no substitute for time. There's no substitute for time. So when you think that you got it figured out or you think that you might be ready for something and you've been through a lot of stuff, however you feel about the things you've been through at this age, five years from now, you're going to think about those experiences different because there's no better teacher than time and there's no substitute for time. So just take your time and do your best every day and uh, let the chips fall where they may. Definitely. I I agree. I I feel like I have put stipulations on myself based on time frames that I've had. And um, you know, and as I meet certain ages or whatever and realize I ain't where I said I was gonna be, you know, it really <laughs> made me think about how, you know, Things don't necessarily happen in the time that we want it to, but the Lord knows what it is that we desire. And, you know, in, in time and in his time, those things will happen. And so as far as dating, talking, officialness goes, like you can't put a time limit. I think when both parties know they are ready for whatever it is that they are about to embark on, um, it's when the the feeling is right. Discussions need to be had because no one no one is a mind reader. Um, but just be open and honest about what it is that you want, your expectations, and maybe that person can say yay or nay. I can meet them or I can't meet them, you know. But um, hopefully, the person that you are building a connection with is on the same page as you. But don't be heartbroken if they aren't. That's right. Amen. So that is going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Kikan with Coco. Dub, you want to let them know where they can reach you at on social media? Yes, Dub Cito, uh, D U B C I T O. That's my Instagram. And, um, you know, I'm transparent and real on there, and I turn up on there, and I I am myself on there. So if you want to follow me, I'm going to follow you back. And, uh, you know, that's that. He, I will say he is a turn up king. I enjoy. No, no, don't. (laughs) (laughs) He is a turn up king. His vacations are Liddy. Okay, I'll take that. His vacations are Liddy. He's a good time in general. Um, I appreciate you for coming on the show. As always, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. 
you can reach me on Instagram, Twitter, and I have a Facebook page at Kiki and with Coco. If you have any questions, you can DM me on either of those avenues or email me at KikianWithCocoPod at gmail.com. And I have a website, KikianWithCocoPodcast.com. And I am, if y'all follow me on social media, you know that I have created some t-shirts that I am selling. They are on pre-order right now, but I'm Black 25-8 just means that we are Black more than seven days a week and to take pride in being Black. So again, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. If you have questions, email me and that's it. So bye.